Look, have mercy on What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of On the Bluff. I'm your host, Christian Fowler. Joining me, as always, thank the Lord, my co-host, Gabe Coon. What's happening, brother? Nothing much. Thank the Lord, man. Thank I'm glad to be here with you every week. Every week. Every damn week. What's going on? Man, nothing much. Nothing much. I thought it was a good weekend. Nondescript? And, uh, I thought it was a good weekend in Memphis sports, though. Like, ultimately. Yeah. We had a lot of action. Um, of course, the headliner, women's soccer. I'm just kidding. Not the headliner. But still a good story. Right. Women's soccer went and made it happen. That was cool. LSU win the first-round game. Men's the soccer NCAA tournament. The tournament. Men's soccer in the tournament. Tiger basketball wins. Tiger football wins. We had a Grizzlies win against the Clippers. Yep. On Sunday, I mean, it, it's it, that was a nice weekend. That was all a, we do is a, all we do is win around here, baby. Okay, relax a little bit. Um, Grizzlies are two and eight, so yeah. I, I think that completely defeats that point. But you know what? I thought having a winning weekend where everything sort of went in the end right that was that was a welcome change. Yeah, based what'd, on what'd where we've do? been at. Did you do anything? Uh, no, not at all. Well, I had a uh, well, I, I I can't tell this. I had a buddy's birthday celebration. At Top Golf, I, I visited the Top Golf in Memphis. Good time, good food, good energy. Were there any fights? No <laughs> fights. It was noon. It was a little early for fights. <laughs> it's a little you know early. what I mean? Like I don't think people are like scrapping and clawing at, at, at noon. noon. Now, once you go to the bar and it gets to about what do we say eight thirty nine p.m. Yep. and you've been there for a few hours, that's where you could see some fights. Yep. But good setup, clean, beautiful, nice staff, friendly staff. Yeah, a few golf I'm excited balls. to go. I drive by it literally every week on the way here, and every week yeah. I'm like, I it's, I'll it. say this though, it is a smaller Top Golf. Yeah, like if you've been to the one in St. Louis, it's three stories. This one's only two. I think Nashville's three stories. Nashville's three stories. I've been to the one in Vegas, big. Dallas, I so. think it's three stories. Also. Yeah, so this is a smaller one, but I think it, it's perfect for what we need. Right. All right, I have a question for you when it comes to Top Golf. Is their food overrated or underrated? Is there a properly rated? Or that, yeah. Oh, it's overrated. <laughs> you think? Yeah, it's overrated, man. I think it's underrated. Really? I think their food is. I think it costs too much, and then they had like the. I, I don't know if you remember this, but Top Golf had like a show before they released nationwide. They had a show like dwindling down chefs and who was going to create their menu and get paid by them to create their menu. It's like Top Golf shit, whatever it is. It's like Top Chef Top okay. Golf edition. Never heard of it. Um. And you, it was supposed to be like this really good food, like fantastic, you know, I don't even know what the word is for it, but really good food. Fine and dining. I just think it, yeah, and I think it's just, you can get some chicken tenders, you can get some buffalo wings, you can you can go that right, get a burger that's all right. I mean, knowing the backstory, I guess that makes it a little bit more probably overrated, but to me, I mean, just $12 on- for some three tenders and fries i'm not even talking about the price it's not i mean but it's not much but i'm just saying the taste is the taste is fine it's like if i went to buffalo wild wings that's what it is to me i don't know man some of their stuff is really good mac and cheese bites where okay which one are you going to because i bet the one like the one in nashville good i've been to all the ones one in nashville food was solid yeah that that, one in this one one in uh vegas food solid st louis was fine (laughs) <laughs> you didn't think so? You I thought St. Louis and Memphis are my least favorite food, food experiences. At Nashville Nashville probably is the best food-wise of the three that I've been to. But the mac and cheese bites, fire. Injectable donuts. Oh, the injectable donuts. Come on. Come on. Come, come on. Come you, can't, you can't go wrong. The burger's pretty dang good, too. The yeah. queso's really good. I've had a lot of things there. I've had more, I've had more food at Top Golf than I care to actually admit. Oh, I think we've, like, with the amount of times that we've gone, gone for bachelor trips and stuff, so there's a ton of us. 
I think we've pretty much wiped out. Can the you whole swing menu. a golf club? Are you good? You good golf club swinger? No. Oh, okay. No, not you at barely all. get it airborne half the time. No, I can get it airborne. It's just not. <laughs> not I've, I've played in my life. I've played like thirty six holes of golf. Okay, it makes makes more sense. Yeah, very limited in my golf. Capacity. You're a driving range golfer. Never even been to a driving range. <laughs> well, that I guess Top Golf kind of counts. So when you go to Top Golf, do y'all normally play the game, or do you yeah. just hit it as hard as you can? No, no it, I, well, it depends. We okay. So this is how we. Used I played the it. Angry Birds game the other day. It's kind of fun. We have two. We we have two groups. Like the times that we've been for bachelor trips and stuff, we have two bays, whatever. And so usually there's one group that we put the good golfers on, and then we put the me's on. Okay. That makes sense. And so we usually just play the game because as far as like just seeing how far we can hit it, it's not going to be very far. So what's the point? So we usually play the game, aim for the targets, but, and then you got the other group over there swinging for the fences, hitting the back. But net. just think about it. Like, what a damn concept. Oh, yeah. And what a relatively simple concept. Very simple. You just took a driving range and added food and a net. Yes, and like a couple of games. Like, yeah, and games. some like futuristic Th- pod looking things. And then like they're starting to do it. They've done one with basketball. I think Nolan Ryan started one with baseball where yeah. they have like the little pop up yeah. hit and you hit it into a uh, screen. A screen and it shows you like your launch angle and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm good on all I mean, that's that. What but, they that did. but still, that's an easy it's concept. Easy. Yeah. Like people are going to spend a shitload of money there every time because it's like a birthday occasion and you and, have and they're going to get hammered yes and they're going to drink they're gonna, your expensive drinks right they're going to keep drinking then they're going to keep eating then they're going to keep playing and you don't even have to get it what's funny is like if you just want the food which apparently christian's big foodie because he loves he loves him some uh, top golf you can just go and eat there like it's a restaurant and can there's you? yeah like the one here in memphis is just like they have a full like inside? downstairs with TVs. Oh yeah, you're right. Bar, you're right. the bar, and everything. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Why would you choose to go eat at Top Golf? You and would, not play well, golf? I don't think you would. Hey, but I, I did see a few people in there when I went that were sitting down there, there watching eating. ball and eating. Could have been waiting for their bay. Yeah, I guess reservation so, but, time or something. But if you show up early and you eat there, you're 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 eating at Top Golf. Yeah, it doesn't really. You're make dedicated, sense. man. Doesn't yeah. make sense. I you love the you love the Top Golf brand. I don't know if I would go <laughs> that far as to just go eat at Top Golf and not play. But the biggest perk of going to Top Golf for me is the food. Because <sighs> I mean, I'm not good at golf, so it's just. What, what, how would y'all rate bar food? Because that's bar uh, that's food, like my, right? That's like my favorite. I love food. bar food. <laughs> it's like my favorite food. What's your What's your top three bar food items? Like just <laughs> counting appetizers, or we count like burgers I mean, and stuff like that. Wings, bone-in wings, a hundred percent. If you do bone-in wings right, that's number one for me. For bar food. Hmm. Your fries have to be good. Your fries have to be fantastic as What's well. What's the best bar fries? Oh, bar fries. Here, let's just go look. Here? Okay. That's a good one. I, I tend to like the shoestrings from uh, Slider Inn. Those, yeah. those oh, slide, yeah. Slider, slider are very good. So good. I love those. I like, Bur- But Bur- I like the, the shoestring where they just you salt them up. Bourbon yeah. mayonnaise Simple. there. Yes or no? Oh, hell yes. I don't like it. Bourbon aioli, I mean, I by that, the way. Yeah. Is it mayo or aioli? I think it's mayo. mayo. I think okay. It's mayo. It's fantastic. I love that stuff. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense that I don't necessarily like it, and it makes sense. You get the you chicken like fillet it. sliders and throw that slather it on there. Yeah, goop it on there. Um, what else? Where else has good fries? No, but but back to his question. Like three bar items. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah bar right. food. Sorry. Like wings, bone-in wings, fries, and then I don't know. After that, Fry, I'm a big fried pickle fan. Oh, man. Uh, see, but that wouldn't be top three. I, would I'm it? just hey, we're off just, your head. We're experimenting here. Okay, we're just throwing stuff out there. So you got like. Fried pickles, you got usually places have egg rolls. I'm not a big egg roll guy. Um, 
It any kind, what any the, kind it's of in the egg roll. Any kind of fried cheese, like whether mozzarella sticks, yeah, cheese mozzarella curds, sticks. like that's always going to be up there. Mac and cheese, but anything fried cheese is top tier to me. 100%. Yeah. Um, what what else, Kenny? What are we missing as far as like bar food? Um, <clears throat> there we go. Let me. Think. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm telling you, I'm not a big bar food fan. You're like, not. I don't, I don't think bar food is that good. He's bougie. I well, I just. He it's just the same thing every time. I like, love it. Well, but the, I mean, sloppy, I greasy, messy. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. That's the best. I mean, if bur- if burger is included, I mean, in I, that, I, that's I, number I, one it's, for me. It's definitely, it's definitely, uh, no particular order. You need good fries. You need yeah. good bone and wings. You need a good burger. I think like so. Just, burger, burger counts. Whatever order, yeah, like bur- jalapeno poppers or anything like that. See, but like here's the thing, appetizers. Kenny. What I disagree with you on, like it's the same thing every time, is like. For me, a burger is an experience. Oh, my gosh, yes, it is. Like, just no matter where you go, it's slightly different, and one can just be so damn delicious. Another one can be very average. Just like, eh. Like, and they do them different. You may want some pink in the middle. You may want the flat top. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you like yeah. those smash I mean, burgers? Yeah, I like smash I like burgers if you do them right. You I like gotta them do all. Them right. Give me a give me a double smash burger or give me a nice you know juicy half pound medium patty, medium. Yeah, I can do that too. No, but that but that's why I would disagree with like it's the same thing every time because like every burger is different to me. Every burger is like a different you're, type of. You're preaching to the choir over here. I am a burger. And then core. and then you can go barbecue. Get some Ooh. onion rings on it with some barbecue yeah. sauce. You could yeah. go blue cheeseburger. You could go. The, with the breakfast one with the burger. sunny side up yeah. egg. Breakfast burger, that's... Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's stuff. I don't know. I don't know, Kate. Like, you could just... I mean, if bar food's just burgers, I could I could eat bar food every night. Me too. I, I love... A, I love trying Best burgers. burgers before we... Best burgers. That's tough, brother. It's, it's really tough. tough. It's really tough. very tough. Because really I don't tough. know if we're, like, the best burger town. No, no. I, I'm just opening the floodgates. Best burgers you've had. Oh, God. Not, not in Memphis or anywhere? Anywhere. What... Locally, locally, it was to me. It was Great Canary. Mm. Great I've Canary. never had the Great Great oh. Canary. Burger. It's uh, it, basically the Hulk the, the and one the one in town to. the one in town that just I I've yet to find one that does it better. So you've heard of Bishop, the French restaurant yeah. downtown. They'll give you it's a double patty, not smash patty, but just sort of regular. They cook them really well. Same thing as Great Canary. They throw same, it's the same one yeah. cheese on top, really perfectly thick cut uh, thick. Cut bacon, yeah. crunchy on top. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then they add like a, a demi glaze around the plate, yeah. and they put their little burger sauce on it. The buns don't get soggy. It's but the burger is still greasy. Oh, it's a one. Yeah. It yeah. is like it's to, same, to me, it's unbeaten. Same one as Great Canary. Okay, and it's so a, I have it's, had it. Yeah, yeah, you have had it. It's a amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. It's the best. Yeah, the, and then they have their Monday deal where it's like twenty dollars. You get that fries and a glass of wine, where yeah. usually it costs a. A little bit more to yeah. go to Bishop. No, any of Andy and Michael's restaurants that have burgers. Hog yeah, and Hominy's no. burgers fire, too. Yeah, yeah, Hog and Hominy's. That's smash. They do smash patty there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Because um, you got it and you loaded it up with mayo one time. I, I'll never forget. <laughs> I didn't load it up with you mayo. You loaded it up. I did mayo, mayo, bro, dude. <laughs> he threw the mayo. I took it hey, off. Hey, he had the little mayo around mayo it, mustache. Like on, his, on the corner. <laughs> yeah. He had it on the corner of his mouth. Uh, he was looking at it. He was like not telling the truth. I was looking at all. I pull mail out of his we, purse. We told him. <laughs> and and then, then here's the other thing. He gets his chicken biscuit from a Chick Fil A and throws and lather just goops the mayo on there. Yeah. Two whole mayo packets. All and we, over we've his. we've talked about this before on the show. What what happened was, you guys were clowning. We me did shame you that I was gonna get just mayonnaise on this burger, and the waitress took it upon herself to tell the kitchen. 
to mail it up. Absolutely, mail it up. Put drop, that mail to on drop it. the mother load of man. I do remember him going to the kitchen, going to the bathroom, <laughs> and going to the kitchen, and be like, "Hey man, can you give me some more mayo?" No, I literally took the bun off and had the to mother load. The mother off. load of mayo. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> Had a little bit of mayo. He had to use load and mayo in the same loads. Loads. I don't know what his deal Loads of mayo. It was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. All right, now Tiger basketball. Yeah. This is a tough transition. Let's hop yeah. into it. That was fantastic, brother. It was. First half, nasty. Uh, but they came out in that second half and held Mizzou to 19% from the field. Yeah, played pretty um, much perfectly. Awesome on defense. They played those five guys that we thought were going to be the starters for extended minutes, and we saw how it turned out. Yep. The upside defensively was great. Upside offensively stayed there. Um, Javon Quinterly was phenomenal. And it shouldn't be surprising, considering no. he's played at Mizzou on the road in SEC play before since he was at Alabama. But I that, in my opinion... When it comes to the Penny Hardaway era, impressive early season, like out of conference wins to sort of stamp your claim, like we are here this year. Mm -hmm. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one that I think we'll look back on this season and say, we knew game two. Right. That this team could accomplish what they accomplished by the end. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about this last week. Just what do we expect? Or what, you know, how do we view this game going into it? Because we've only seen one game and it wasn't necessarily the prettiest. So how are they going to handle this big step up in competition on the road, SEC opponent? And I don't, I don't know if you shared this sentiment or not. I think you did, but just the fact that Penny Hardaway's teams, they play up to competition. Yeah. They know when to play when the lights are on. And then on top of that, what this team has as far as veteran experience, like it just felt like they would come to play in this game. And, and as you mentioned, the first half wasn't perfect. Second half was dang near perfect. Second half was really good. Javon Quinterly proved exactly why Memphis went and got him as their point guard for this season. That starting five that you mentioned that we thought it was going to be throughout the offseason looked really, really good on the floor together. Defensively, and big improvement. And the starting five, for those that are not familiar yeah, exactly with the conversation, it was Javon Quinterly, David Jones, Jaquan Walton, Caleb Mills, Jordan Brown, all those five on the floor at the same time, man. I, you know, it's almost – obviously they handled that game – well, and if I, you know, if I'm just looking at it as a whole, it's like, don't change, don't mess with success. No. But, I mean, seeing those guys and how they operate on the floor at the same time, it's like, damn, I want to see them starting. I want right. to see what type of starts they can have against good basketball teams if all five of those guys are on the floor at the same time. And then, obviously, with that, you'd have some different, you know, uh, different ways to attack. You'd probably have to stagger minutes, keep some guys on, make them play extended stretches and sort of rotate guys in because you don't want to do the platoon swap. Um, although I think they have that ability with some of the guys they ha have coming off the bench. But I, I just see those guys, and I want to see them play 25 minutes a game next to each other because it looks – I mean, it's palpable. It is like this team could absolutely get to the tournament and run through the first two games – with that type of lineup, if yeah. they play it consistently. Yeah, I, I want to give my, kind of my overarching thought and takeaway on this game, because to me it's it's the biggest point. You know, we can get into the weeds on the Missouri game and what it means and moving forward and positives and negatives. But to me, the one thing that matters from this game outside of the win, all offseason, our biggest point of contention or our biggest question mark was, okay, Memphis finally has all the pieces that they've been missing in the past. They have three-point shooting. They have bigs. They have 
They have everything. They have the, the, the star point guard. They have everything they haven't had in the past at the same time. The one drawback that we could consistently go to was they've never played together. Yep. It's a new team. How's it going to mesh? How's it going to work? How are they going to get through this crazy non-conference schedule with a team that hasn't played together outside of a few months practicing? Yep. And they answered that question. First test passed. I mean, that was a that was an A. Yeah, because we've been so concerned about chemistry and gelling and how long is the gelling going to take because we've seen the past two seasons that, that uh, Penny Hardaway seems have taken until midway and maybe even a little bit later in the year to fully gel and look like the team that they ultimately were at the end of conference schedule. Yeah, but we talked about you can't have can't that. that. You can't have that. You can't have that. The conference is too bad. Non-conference schedule is too good. And they they answered the bell. In game two, quality opponent, top 60 team on the road. Underdogs, too. Uh, two and a half point underdogs going into this game. They win by 15. Uh, the defense wasn't great against Jackson State, 77. They dropped that down to 55 against Missouri. You mentioned the second half defense, holding them to 19% in the second half. They, they made were, five field goals the entire right. half. They were locked down defensively. And, and, and Sean East, who's really one of their guys, I mean, he had, what, one field goal attempt in the second half? Yeah. It's ridiculous, he, man. I thought he had no field goal. It was attempts. it zero I think or it was, one? I thought, he had, I thought he had one, but if he had zero, that's well, hell. I mean, Caleb either Mills, way, zero or one, zero for, one for, for basically your leading scorer, right. a guy who you expect to lead in, in scoring. That's pretty damn. Pretty We're not talking about makes. We're talking about attempts. 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 Yeah, just attempts. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like they had lost so much confidence, and like I, even after like after that Jackson State game, it was just weird because it's like this team is more athletic. Yeah. More, they have more than enough length. They're all pretty good defensively. It didn't really make sense why Jackson State sort of lit them up at times. Yeah, and but it, then we see it. They figured it out. Yeah, no, uh, it's. But that and, and and also it does show like Penny. He emphasized that after that Jackson State game, and by God, as soon as they played Mizzou, it was fixed. Yeah, that does show like there's a different sense of urgency for Penny with this particular team because I think he knows what he has. Yeah. And let's just talk about the contrast of what this game could have been because I think everybody's thought, fan-wise, media-wise as well, was just go to Columbia, get the win. Yeah. By any means. doesn't yeah. matter. You just need to get this win. You need an early quad one win against a team of this caliber. So I think if Memphis wins this game by three or four points, they barely squeak by, we're, we're – obviously looking at this as a huge success. Yeah. Because they won the game, and that's all that matters. But the fashion in which they won the game gives me an immense amount of more hope for this team early in this non-conference schedule. Yeah, 100%. I, I, think, I, I don't think any of us have been worried about what they could be you know, in, in the end of January and February and, and potentially March. Like, I don't think anybody has been worried about that. It's been this, and they answered – Pretty much every question, at least for this one game. But I just think the confidence that they can carry from that, the things that they showed uh, going into the next several games, going into the battle for Atlantis, like this team should be high in confidence and understand that they can beat anybody. And I, I don't know, were you surprised they weren't in the, the top 25? I know it doesn't matter yes, when we say it quite all the time. I mean, yes. I, I just I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like you doubted them all off season, and then – you see that they go to Mizzou, win by 15 on the road in front of a sold-out crowd against Dennis Gates' coach team, and I think Dennis Gates is a hell of a coach. Yeah. Usually has a good damn game plan. They did it without their head coach and Penny Hardaway. <laughs> Rick Stansberry is on the sideline. It's like if you don't see the upside 
of this team, I, I think you're blind. And I think most people started to understand. Like, I saw John Fanta put them in his top 25. Uh, Gary Parrish, top 25 and one. He threw them in there. Like, he, they're getting a lot of nods. And the, like, Jeff Goodman put them in the top 25. Yeah, but the, the, the other polls, like people doing their personal polls. Right, right. And also, like the AP poll, they had 53 votes. They were probably not far off from bringing the 25th team in the AP poll. You're not going to call them number 26? They're 26. I know that's your pet They're 26. I, whatever. I, 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 have, I have given up on it because people <laughs> like that. People people really do enjoy that. That's always It been, is my pet peeve. That's always been your thing. I don't get it, though. Like, it's just, If you're not in the top 25, you're not, you're in, the not in the top 25. 25. Yeah. I mean, but hey. There's only 25 votes. Everybody loves James Madison. So you can't be 26th. Yeah. <laughs> everybody loves James Madison, though. Well, because they beat Michigan, Michigan State, State. But that'll, I think it'll all figure itself out. Where are they at in Kim Palm? 20, I mean, hell, oh, if the Tigers – listen, here, here's the truth of it, too. Um, if the Tigers just handle business against Alabama State on Friday, which I totally expect them to, who knows who's going to lose in the top 25. They'll probably just get in by – Right, just by just winning by, the game. By winning a game and somebody else losing. losing. Yeah. Because we saw, what, St. Mary's lose to Weber State right. this past week. And when weekend. when is – okay, so they have Alabama State on Friday. Battle for Atlantis begins on – Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, that Wednesday. So is that next week? Next week Wednesday. Yeah. Next week Wednesday. So a week and a half. So, but we'll do a we'll do a preview on battle. I was gonna I was Michigan's gonna, a solid solid team, but yeah. I mean, I, I almost feel as if deal with Olivier Kamwa and then you'll everybody else will sort of fall in line. Just don't yeah. let him beat you. Yeah, we'll really dive into that next week. Yeah, for sure. That's a but no, this team as far as the AP poll is concerned, they should be in it, but whatever. They got 53 votes. A lot of people had them in their top 25. It just, they missed it by that much, barely. So let's do this real quick. Individual, you got to choose a a different person, all three of us. Who impressed you the most from that Missouri game? Mm -hmm. Um, Who impressed me the most? Uh, Somebody somebody go first because I know, I'll, I'll take the not easy one. Okay, I'll I'll give the obvious. Yeah. I know we just to give him his flowers. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but just to to go further into it, Javon Quinterly, um, because you've had so, and here's why: it's not necessarily because of everything that he did just on uh, over the weekend against Missouri. You've had a lot of people showing some skepticism towards Javon Quinterly. Maybe not a lot. Injuries, maybe, maybe, but injuries and just. You know, the way that he looked for the majority of the year last year coming back from the ACL, you just had a lot of people questioning, is this the player that he was two years ago at Alabama when they went on that deep tournament run? Like Nate Oates' comments. Yeah, Nate Oates' yeah. comment. On, there, there's just been... Which was a slick show. That was unnecessary. It was. But there's been a lot of question marks, at least from outside, surrounding Javon Quinterly. And he played decent in the first game, and it was just... It was okay. We know he missed some time... Uh, in the offseason, what he didn't play in one of the exhibition games, correct? Second exhibition yep. game. Penny, he played. First, he, first. Penny said he first. Out second he played. Second he played. Penny said he was out for a month. Right. So we know he missed some time, and then he comes into this game, and and I think you said it perfectly with he's been in this environment. He's been in Missouri on the road. He's been in these SEC games. If anybody was going to, like, stabilize this team, calm this team down, and allow them to play kind of their perfect game – and get away with the win like this, like Javon was going to be at the forefront of that. And he was. He answered the bell for that. He played an incredible game, not only with what his his scoring brings, but just his overall presence on the floor I think is such a calming thing for this team. Like you just see everyone, it, it almost is like visible. Yeah. You see everyone kind of just relax and chill, and they know that he's got it. 
Like Javon is going to run the show. He's going to make the best decisions 90% of the times, whether it's passing the ball to somebody, whether it's taking a shot, whatever it is. Like Javon, I think they trust him and they should trust him to make the correct decision. So, yeah. And then, man, that play where he dropped the Mizzou defender and then knocked it down yeah. was just pretty. Yeah. God, I love seeing stuff like that. Um, the one I'm going to go with, and I, I, you could really do this for the first two games, but Jaquan Walton. And, and the thing is, I, I asked this today on the show, and I want you all to sort of answer this for me. In the Penny Hardaway era, when someone puts up a three, like where, like when we talk about confidence level, that three is going to be knocked down, whether there's a hand in the face or he's wide open. Jaquan, through two games, what I've seen from this guy, this is a pure shooter, man. Yes. This guy, the confidence I have when he puts up a three, it's ridiculous. He was three for five in that game. He's 66% on the year. He's, I think he's six for nine through two games. Yeah. Um, but he can get it anywhere. And defensively, I've been impressed as hell. Yeah. And, like, it's not just, okay, knockaways, using your length, getting into the passing lanes. When he guards someone off the dribble and they try to test him at the rim, he will block your damn shot. He's got that type of athleticism. Right. He had two blocks in that game against Mizzou. So, man, like, all around – Jaquan Walton is just one of the most impressive players on this team. And, like, when we talk about, like, and I don't know how it works because what's this, his third year, third year, fourth year of college ball? Fourth. Third, one, third one, or fourth. One at Georgia, one JUCO. Like, Juco, I don't know. I don't know what this Wichita looks State. like. But, man, like, he's got he's got somewhat of an NBA skill set. Oh, yeah. A role, oh, at least yeah. a role-playing skill set at the very yeah. least. Just with his length and three-point shooting. Like, he, he he impressed the hell out of me. He jumps off the he jumps off the screen every time you watch him. Yep. I think for me, the guy that I think will end up being the key for the Tigers the, the entire season, and has somewhat been a, a question mark, especially coming into the first game of the year, he wasn't in the starting lineup. And that's Jordan Brown. JB, figure, figure yep. that's where There's, you're going. It's, it's, and, and I, I totally agree with this. This was going to be my second one. Because, and, and this is what I noticed, and I don't know if you guys noticed the same thing. Even in that first half against Missouri, he looked out of sync. He looked a little well, bit plotting. Well, I mean, he's not in his best shape. He's right. not getting up and down the floor that well, and it doesn't necessarily look like he's engaged every possession. But when you look at his numbers by the end of the game, you're right. like, he played oh, hell of a game. shit, he had 12 points, right. six rebounds, and he was a team high in plus minus. Right. Well, like, let me tell you this, well, though. Well, damn. Yeah. In okay. that second half, there was a moment that I go, he's in shape. Yeah. Like, it just clicked. Like, you know how when you're playing ball, if you haven't played for a long time, because all reports are telling us that JB didn't play a whole lot of ball during the offseason. Like, there was not a whole lot of picking up of the basketball. Um, but when, you, when you're out there playing and you haven't, haven't played for a long time, you get out there and everything just feels foreign to you. That's that, and then one day it just kind of flips for you. That second half against Missouri, there was a move in the post where I was yeah. like, he got it. He just got the feeling back. Like he just, because there was this movement that he made that you could tell was different than any other post move I've seen him make in the first game and the first half against Missouri. And he dominated the post in the second half, like yep. dominated the play. And, and so I think for me, Jordan Brown is going to be the linchpin for this team moving forward. He's so great to have, man. Because if you get late in a shot clock, if you're if your backcourt's struggling, dump to it down. Just throw it into him, let him cook. Screw yep. it. He'll get a shot off. Yeah. And it'll be a relatively high percentage shot. I mean, he is he is he's not necessarily the most fun guy to watch. I'm not gonna act like he is, right. but he gets the damn job done. It's all the matter. And it's like it's a resource. 
you know, especially offensively, that they've never really had. Yeah. And people will say, well, you know, uh, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran offensively was not – he did not want to be dominant offensively mm-hmm. the first half of the season he no. was here at Memphis. Yeah. So it's just different. It's, it's different altogether. And by the way, last thing, and I think we're going to move on to football after this, even without DeAndre, this front court has the potential to still be one of the most dominant in the conference for sure, but in, yeah. in college basketball because, I mean, against that Mizzou team, I know they're small, but they out-rebounded for 47 to 33, mm-hmm. paint points 38 to 20. Like, they still have guys that can make you pay, that do the dirty work, they can play some defense. They just have – they have a well-rounded team right now. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So – a lot of positives for Memphis basketball. Memphis football, on the other hand, they get another win, but albeit another <laughs> super ugly and no, not ugly. encouraging Bro, that win. Was, that was didn't you say fugly last week? I did, that was yeah. a fugly win. Yeah. Holy. Which one was worse? So it's like this one was. This one, worse. yeah. You're on the road against a three and six Charlotte team. We can't throw the ball out of their own shadow. They threw four picks and you won in overtime. Yeah. Because you also th- turned the ball over four times, and you also <sighs> couldn't stop the run to save your life. So okay, uh, where do we even start? Uh, uh, can we start with like the little positive you can take from it? Yeah, I'll start. They there. won the game. They won. <laughs> they're three and zero in one score games in conference. Yeah, positive. Yeah, they, so they're eight and two. They're going to play SMU this week. Big game. Maybe Blake, maybe Blake Watson. Po- uh, Twenty two for 83. 83. But yeah. he did have two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. But either way. Let's leave that f- there. He had a fumble at the goal line. Too. That's also true. <laughs> Inside yeah, the that's, five. Also, that's also true. Inside the five. So let's leave that there for now. Negatives. That defense, I don't even know where to begin with how to fix it. No. Like you can't even, in three straight games, they've given up 35 or more points. 38 or more points, really. Yep. In the first one, North Texas, okay, good quarterback, Chandler Rogers slinging it everywhere. I thought you were in position. You had good one-on-one matchups. Your DBs didn't make plays. Okay? Mm-hmm. You chalk that one up. You're like, okay, maybe next time they'll make plays. Against South Florida, Byron Brown, freshman quarterback. Just coverage bust after coverage bust. It just all over the field. Yeah. Like no one in position, wide open receivers, just running wherever the hell they want to go. And you're like, okay, well, Coverage bus, maybe they tried to run a zone. Guys were not familiar with what's going on. USF is really fast. Yeah. Whatever. Then you get to Charlotte. And you go, okay, well, they, they can't throw don't, the ball. They can't throw the damn ball. The secondary's been exposed, but they've been pretty decent against the run. It's outside of the Navy game, maybe. And that's Navy. It's different. And a guy who had four yards all year and now has 202 yards. <laughs> and three touchdowns. And three touchdowns. <laughs> He what? ran for 198 of his 202 yards in this damn game. Yeah. Just right up the gut. Yeah. Just, I mean, just bad tackling. Defensive linemen couldn't get off blocks, which surprised the hell out of me. I'm like, yeah, I thought we had more playmakers. I thought there were more playmakers up there. Um, but Hassan Wilson had the game of his life, and I yes. doubt he'll ever have a game like that again. Yeah. And then outside of that, like the other thing they did, play action tight end in the flat. And he had 117 five, yards five and 168 yeah. that the that the quarterback threw for. Yeah, doing that. Yep, that is the easiest game plan. Like if I'm a defensive coordinator, it's not. I, I, I can't imagine it's that hard to game plan for a plan like that. We're either going to run a power run play at you or play action the tight end right. into the flat. 
Load the box and have flat defense. <laughs> yes. I mean, for God's sakes. Pretty easy. Make the quarterback beat you. Whenever he was asked to beat you, he threw picks. Four picks. <laughs> Four picks. I, I, But still, it's just like you keep getting beat in equally depressing ways. Yeah. And I, I, I don't you know. Keep, you keep winning. And well, but you, your defense, you defense defensively, you keep okay, getting yeah. beat yeah. in equally depressing and, yeah, ways. Yeah, in different ways. Yes. It's changing every week. Getting worse. <laughs> yes. It's not going in the right direction. And it's funny because, like, before the year, what did we say? Oh, the defense will pace the way the first six games, and then we'll see where the offense is at that point. Well, the defense did kind of pace the way the first six games, but I did not predict that they were going to fall off a cliff and look like the worst defense in the conference. Yeah. For the last six, I didn't think that was going to happen. No. And, and, this, and this goes back to what we talked about last week. It just it doesn't make any sense. This they defense, have the players. The, and they were respectable. Even in the two games that they lost against Missouri and Tulane, you didn't feel like they could just get everything they want on every play. And then you look at the worst teams that they've played in their schedule outside of the first game, and it's been free. <laughs> They're kicking their ass. Against UAB, I guess, they they only scored 21. They turned them over a lot. But North Texas, South Florida, and Charlotte have ramrodded this defense. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, I like people will ask me like, oh, so what do you think the defense needs to do to sort of fit? I have no idea. No answers. I have no real answers, and I, it stinks. Yeah. So because you, I'll tell you this: you better get it figured the hell out this week, or you will give up 850 yards. There, Legitim- legitimately. Not kidding. That's Preston not a- Stone will throw for 500, and they'll run for another three. Yeah. For real. Because they, like, right now they don't really have a redeeming quality to their defense. They can't really stop the run. They can't really, in the secondary, get it all together. They're busting coverages. They're not making plays in one-on-one. Turnover, like, turnovers is the only thing that you could potentially yes. point to. But, but Chandler Martin is does the not, only thing. No. Chandler Martin is he's the great. only thing. He's yeah. great. He's great. I'll give him a lot of credit. The pick six was huge. They needed every yeah. bit of that. And he is all over the field. But that here's the thing. It doesn't stop at Chandler Martin where their talent is. Right. I think Jeff Cantonark is a good player. Right. I think Jalen Allen's a good player. Whole I think Cormonte is a good player. Right. I think Josh Ellison's a good player. I think Greg Rubin, I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But they're just not making plays. And they're no. just, I don't know what's going on. I can't really. You, you want to have like a fix. You want to be able to put a finger on, hey, this is what they're doing right. wrong. But it's secondary. It's up front. It's everything, it's everything right now. It's just not coming together. This will be a very, very interesting week to me. Because if SMU comes out and they blast Memphis defensively, if they run all over, if they throw all over Memphis, we'll come back in here next week and we'll say, okay, it's kind of what we expected. Yes. They've looked horrible. The counter to that is they step up somehow. Is if they step up and play a good defensive game <laughs> at home against the the third best pon- opponent on their schedule, then we come in here next week and we say, okay, so this is a bigger <laughs> problem than we thought because they're just not engaged. Yeah. They just don't care unless it's a bigger magnitude game or a home game. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's concerning either way. Yes. But if you, if you, if you can prove once again that you can play defense because they've been on a stretch well, where they haven't been the able thing, to. Here's the thing. I'll say this. 2015, we started 8-0, and our defense was, quite frankly, pitiful, awful, really bad. Good players, not hating on any of the players, but our defense was terrible. 
we always had like uh, our boundary corner was Arthur Millette that year, first year on campus, and he, our defense coordinator was putting him in tough spot after tough spot. But look at Arthur now; he's doing still well for himself, still playing in the NFL as a nickel corner, right? So like he's a great player, but the way he was being used was not the way he was supposed to be used. But regardless, really awful defense. We get to that Ole Miss game. What happened? Sure. They give up twenty four damn points. Right, twenty four freaking points. They had picks. They shut down, you know, uh, Chad Chad Kelly. Played fast. Played fast. Yeah. Like, it, it's natural for a team to do that, but you, the the thought is if you're going to be the best team you possibly can be, you have to have the same intensity for everything. Every week. Every week. Because if you come out flat. If, just if you come out this week and you look like a different defense, yeah. you're flying around, you're making plays, you're making sacks, you're forcing turnovers, you're putting it your It shows all- us that you are not taking the other opponents seriously. seriously. And then that tells me that, yeah, you can beat SMU. Potentially, that's just hypothetical. You can beat SMU if you play good defense. But you can go to Philly and lose to Temple. Yeah, right. Be nervous for that next week. Right. (laughs) And that's some stuff that would happen in this scenario. For sure. Memphis would beat SMU, and you'd say, oh, my gosh, it looks like they can go to the conference championship. Then they would go to Philly and lay a goose and allow 48 points to a terrible Temple team. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the trajectory that we're on right now, if it truly is a fact that this defense just is not engaged and playing their best ball week in week out, depending on opponents. Yep. Because yes, they lost to Missouri, they lost to Tulane, but they made some timely stops. They looked good. They for they. The, yes. They, it, it didn't look like this. Yes. Optically, this is yes. horrible. Yes. This is miserable against terrible teams. Terrible too. teams. What did, Kenny, what did you say? Charlotte was averaging a game 16? 16 points a game. Like, Yikes. at least when Co- Cody Schrader just tore you up in the fourth quarter of that Mizzou game, you can look back at the end and you're like, look what he did at Tennessee this right. weekend. And that He's was, the leading rusher in the SEC, in the SEC. right now. Yeah. Right? So, like, you can you can make excuses for that. You can you can say, oh, well, that team's There's a caveat. Good. There's These, no like caveat. The Charlotte, North no, Texas, yeah, no, no, and no. USF, I can't make – there's no, no caveat. There's, there's no caveat with those teams. I mean, it's wild because, like, you, you think about Charlotte – they weren't even playing their starting quarterback. Right. Their starting quarterback was well, the runner who Well, to be fair, was like, hurt. No, no, very good. I, 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 I mean, know. no, he can't throw. But both, they don't both have those a single quarterbacks passer. stink. They don't have a single guy, a single quarterback that has thrown for over a thousand yards yeah, in, yeah. on the no, year. No, like their their quarterbacks stink. So I don't even know. Well, I don't know. It's how bad. much of it. They were terrible. I make. mean, they they were just legitimately an awful team. Yes. 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 Yep. But they played with some grit up front on the offensive line, I'll tell you that. Man. Yeah. And they were up by ten. With what, like seven, seven minutes, minutes left? I mean, I, here's the end of the day. I do have to give some credit where credit's due. Seth Hennigan pulling through. I mean, that, shoulder and all. Yeah. After watching Tevin throw the pick, he he's like, "All right, I have to pull this thing out. Yep. We have to make something happen. We gotta, we're we're in a we're in a damn war with Charlotte right, right now." Right. So I'll give credit. Yeah. He's hurt more than he's leading you to believe, and he's still pushing through. Tanner Gillis, give a lot of credit to the kid. Missed a field goal early in that game. He's the third string guy. He was the second string punter coming into the year. Yeah. And he has to be the kicker right now. And he nailed a 41 yarder to go to overtime. Where'd he go to high school? I don't know. Lewisburg High School. Oh, Lewisburg. Shout out. But um, nailed a kick to send yeah. him to overtime. Like there, there's some things in there that you can give praise for, but overall, just the product, the defense, yeah. it's just so frustrating. Because even that, you say, well, they nutted up over those last seven yeah. minutes, and they scored, they scored twice, they kicked, they kicked the well, the game time field goal, they go to overtime and they win, but they did it 
against a trash team yes. where scoring and, 10 points in seven minutes really isn't that big of a feat. And, and quite frankly, it's it's disgusting how many mistakes this team makes yeah. game to game. Like, I put out, I don't know if you saw my tweet over the weekend. It's like they asked the football gods, how many mistakes can we make against this terrible team still and still squeak. win? Yeah. And still squeak by a win. And then they get their answer and they make that many mistakes. Yeah. A double pass in the red zone. Yeah. What the hell are we doing? Four turnovers. What are we doing? Man. A double Four pass. Turnovers. The double pass and also like <laughs> against Charlotte. <laughs> you you pull out a double pass hey, against Charlotte? Hey, hey, you throw me that against SMU. A little okay. bit of, a little bit of respect. You gotta you well, gotta you okay, gotta bring out all the stuff. But against Charlotte. And then also and, like, and, and, here's and, my other thing about the double pass. You don't have to throw a second lateral backwards to Seth. Like if you're no. gonna throw the second pass, throw it forward. Because like that's the whole reason you do a double. What is that stadium called again? Bank of America? No, it? no, no. That's no. It's they they have one on campus. They have one on campus. We oh, they did. We were wrong. Uh, yeah, we, we screwed that up. that up a couple weeks. Oh. It's Jerry Richardson Stadium. Yeah, apparently Jerry it was all. they hold like fifteen thousand. Okay, people. so yeah. I mean they are you know in, in Jerry in, in, Richardson in, stadium. in Jerry Richardson Stadium where they could probably hear the traffic outside of the stadium. Running double double passes. <laughs> yeah, you can, probably hear, you can probably hear the construction. But either way, jackhammers going on outside. And also here's the other thing when it comes to execution. Rock, tuck that thing and go, bro. Yeah. Don't throw it back to Seth. No. One, he's hurt. Yeah. Two, it's not open. Yeah. Run. Just go. Run. And then um, what else? We had the Mitchell Gildahouse. Uh, pull it off the pile. Pull it off the pile. Don't do it. It was a flop. Don't right. do it. Goal it's line point fumble. of emphasis. Goal line fumble. Um, where else can we go? I mean, good Lord. I don't know. Oh, I, I, even how about the last play of regulation or the second to last play of regulation? Yeah. We yeah. get a pick. Jeff Cantor who starts running it back, and then he decides to try to <laughs> try to <laughs> lateral it. it didn't, I mean, it's just a clear fumble. Right. They hop on it. Right. And they're like, "All right, we're knee in the shit." Wasn't, yeah. there, wasn't there 17 yeah. seconds left on the no, clock? No, there was like but, seven seconds, but they were on their end of the field with where Jeff had run it back to. Go down. I think they, the Tigers did. They have timeouts at that point. I think they maybe they had, had one. Oh, they had one probably. Yeah. I believe at that point. Set up on your end of the field. Throw a pass over the middle. See if Tanner Gillis can win the game in, over, right. in, in, in regulation. Right. It's oh. just like mistake yeah. after mistake, and it's just you're just like, why the hell would you do that? They could get to so like if they just eliminated the completely mental, just the right. most ridiculous mistake. Win by at least two scores. You'd win by two scores against these teams. Yeah, and you, we'd still be here like, oh, that didn't look that great. It wasn't perfect, but. But at least, you eliminated, at least you eliminated a couple of, yeah. like, the damn double pass. Yeah. So I have a question Holy to ask God. you before we get off this real quick. I'm sorry. But Matt Barnes put out a uh, – he, he, in his post in his uh, media availability this past week, was asked a question. I think this was about the USF game. And he said, listen, we have great players. They're good at what they do. My game plan stunk. My game plan versus their game plan got beat. I can just take that all on me. My game plan was the problem. Is that? It's bad. It's not good, but I also respect the coach. Uh, yeah, taking, you always taking, respect the coach doing that. But but then to come out. But it's been three very, weeks in a row. Though. But right. but and that you gotta, was before you gotta, you gotta, Charlotte. You got to adjust. Your game plan may stink no. going into it, but you got to have some adjustments. You got to have something in the back pocket. The South, say, that was after the hey, South Florida game, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. That week. Yeah. Just say, hey, this ain't working. Then they go and give like, up thirty-eight I, to I, Charlotte. I like <laughs> taking accountability. Of course. But if you're going to take accountability, it has to change. Right. It's just like. Ryan in the offseason say, well, six and six is not what we aim for, but you have to get you have to do better than that next yeah. time. You, you, if you're going to be two, if you're holding yourself accountable to the expectations, you have to get back to set expectations. You can't just 
And I know he's trying. I'm not. I'm sure it's not a lack of him watching film and trying to yeah. break it down and game planning. Yeah. It's just maybe his game plans aren't quite there. Yep. All right. But let's, that is a scary thing to hear. Let's uh, a yeah, D coordinator say. I'm going to get a little serious for a second. Kenny, I'm going to pose a question to you. I'm going to look dead at you in this camera right here or this camera right here. I don't know exactly which one is live right now because Monday Night Football is playing to my right. Look at camera. Look at your camera. My camera right here. All right, Kenny, talking about Matt Barnes, talking about game plans, mm. talking about what they look like, if they're good or if they're not. So I'm going to ask you right now, straight up, point blank, don't lie. Kenny, does your game plan stink for the hot three? My game plan, my game plan is uh, impeccable every week. Okay. We're going to trust him. We're going to send this to break real quick. We're going to come back. On the other side, we're going to do the hot three, and we're going to see just how good Kenny's game plan is. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. We have more capable shooters on this team than mm. we've had in a while. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not like, I don't know that we have one that is like flat out just dead eye. Man, too. But you've got five or six that can come out and hit two threes every night. For a second there, Jaquan did not look like he planned on missing. Well, David Jones the second half looked like he didn't plan on missing. I mean, Nick Jordan's knocking down balls. Jonathan Pierre threw one in there. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but they looked more like a team than previous Penny teams. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? This early in the year, for sure. Well, I think you come second half of the season, every Penny team to date has looked like a, a team playing yeah. together. Roles defined. But to the point, it's taken a chunk of the season to get to that point. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. We need front court depth, right? I would yep. say Jaron and Tillman, we're fine with those two. We just need some front court depth. I think Jaron and Tillman could be your starters. Man, the hell with that, man. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this Jack's one game. Of, I'm looking at this one game of Bismack Biombo, and I'm like, all right, bro. Like, just give me more Bismack. Like, yep. I, I want that Jaron Jackson Jr. Bismack Biombo front line mm -hmm. look very good. This this organization has never had a rim rim protector like a high level rim protector before Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. And now you got two of them in in, in Jaron Jackson Jr. and Bismack Biombo. Right, let's go with it. Now you know it was just one. So we got to you know mm -hmm. clarify it was just one game. Got to find out, see a little bit, see a little bit more consistently. But yo, if he does do anything close to that game, 
you're fine and it helps the front court depth anyway because now mm-hmm. tell me if you do make this switch either or you still got mm-hmm. depth at the center position that you didn't have right. the first five games of the season after the Steve Adams injury got announced tune in to the Anthony Sane show Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel Discover a world of possibilities at Streetcars of Memphis. Revamp your ride with the ultimate auto transformation. From booming audio systems to eye-catching wheels, powerful lift kits to sleek drop kits, cutting-edge LED lights and light bars, we've got it all. Unleash your style with confidence. Feel the next level of auto care at Streetcars of Memphis. Your dream ride is just a visit away. Visit us online at www.901scm.com and let the transformation begin. They're back is because we've been sniffing some smelling salts. Okay, some smalts. Yeah, some smalts, and it just it felt it felt, it felt like it was time. You're it hyped felt up. Yeah. You're hyped up. Pretty hyped. Those up. sinuses are clear. Yeah, smell everything. Where is our where is our bottle? Are insanity? you trying to hit them again? No, I'm good. I can reach them. No, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. I'll wait. <laughs> Patience. Hey, well, it's the Hot 3, guys, sponsored by Streetcars of Memphis. Big shout-out to the Streetcars of Memphis. Guys, listen, man, they can do everything you need done to your car. They can do just the daily maintenance. They can rotate balance your tires. They can get you new tires. They can change your oil. They can do all the all the little things that you need done just to be able to drive around these great streets of Memphis. That's two weeks in a row you've crapped on Memphis. Or... If you want to pimp that ride, yep, they can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Streetcars of Memphis, the big shout out presenting sponsors of the Hot Three. Uh, the description, or <coughs> oh my god, he fumbled it bad. I do it this time. I do it all the time. Hey, look, the link is in the description below. It is in there. Go check them out. Go see what they can do for you. Uh, big shout out to the Streetcars of Memphis guys. They've been through a rough week. We want to send out our our uh, thoughts and prayers from. On the bluff. Yep. You guys are awesome. So Absolutely. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Let's go topic number one, college football. Man, I know there's a lot we can talk about, but kind of the narrative, and even Christian kind of spoke about this uh, last week a little bit, that there's really not a – there's not dominant teams. The teams that have been dominant over the years, um, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, they're all still up there in the rankings, but they're just not dominant teams. Well, this week – Georgia and Alabama made a stake there. Yeah, they bro. did. They sure did, and it, it, it made it official that they're going to meet in the SEC championship. So there's that. So let's instead of let's just go there. Let's just spend our college football time talking about the Georgia Alabama SEC championship okay. game because it's locked in. It's the first uh, conference championship game to be locked down. Okay. Georgia Alabama one loss Bama zero loss Georgia. Georgia smacked the dog piss at Ole Miss oh, this beat past the weekend, hell out of them. fifty-two to seventeen. And uh, then Lane Kiffin, did, he's like, "We need better players." Alabama smacked. Uh, how many times that Georgia is going to get some coaches and some hot water? They get coaches in hot water. Mark Stoops and Lane Kiffin both said after the game, "Well, we need better players, yep. brother." 
Alabama smacked the piss out of Kentucky. Yeah, that was. That's not as impressive. Yeah. It was Kentucky, on the road. Yeah. On the road. On the road. So what do we think about this game? This is not the Georgia of the last two years. This is not the Alabama of the previous two years, three years to that. So what do we think about this a little bit different SEC um, championship game? Here's the thing. I am of the opinion, and I'm ready to call this because I, I not only do I want chaos, I think chaos is coming because yes. I just have the feeling Nick Saban on a long preparation dealing with Georgia. We've seen that before. The mm -hmm. SEC championship a few years ago. He was able to get over top of Georgia. And don't forget, people need to realize Alabama is one of the few teams in college football that doesn't get beat before they play Georgia. Yeah. Like, they know they have the players to compete. They know they have the dudes. They know they have the coaching to go beat that team. And by the way, Nick Saban's 4-1 against Kirby Smart in his career. Yep. The only time he lost was in Maddie. the Natty. So, I mean, this is two totally – different set of circumstances i think georgia has played relatively well all year they've had their scares they didn't look good against south carolina missouri uh we know that alabama lost to texas they've looked really rough at points during the season but they're peaking Jalen milrow is playing ball the, right the, now he had six touchdowns yeah. against Jaylen, kentucky Jaylen milrow is playing and, ball um he's playing really good ball that old line starting to come together yep a whole lot better uh less sacks didn't give up a single sack defensively against kentucky defensively they're dogs yeah Absolute positive dogs. Terry on Arnold is phenomenal. Kool-Aid McKittree, phenomenal. Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner. Chris Braswell Chris is the guy they forget about. Yeah. Dallas Turner and him get after the quarterback. Yep. I man, Kevin Steele, while I had some doubts about him re-entering the SEC, I don't have any doubts anymore. He's been phenomenal as a defensive coordinator. But I think this team's peaking at a perfect time. And they're terrifying. They're a scary team that you have to deal with at this point in the season. And on the flip side, it looks like Georgia's peaking at the right time as yep. well. I know I've been critical of Carson Beck for the majority of the year. I'm starting to come around on him. He's playing really, really good ball. I've been there, to I be know you have. And, and, and if they can do what they did against Ole Miss, and I'm obviously not talking about putting 52 points on the board, but if they can get this running game going with Kendall Milton and Dewan Edwards, if they can have that one-two punch, obviously Kendall Milton's more of your your thunder back. Dewan Edwards is kind of your lightning back. Brock Bowers in his first game back scores a touchdown. Lad McConkey looked really good. Ra Ra Thomas, love it. Dominic love it. Like they have the weapons. Carson Beck is starting to play really good ball, and if they're able to be multiple, if they're able to have that threat of the run because their run game just hasn't been the same this year. Uh, last year, I mean, they really just didn't have the. T they don't have the necessarily the talent at running back that they've had in years past. Yeah. But if they're able to use that thunder and lightning combo, if they're able to lean on this offensive line led by Cedric Van Pran up front at the center position, Amarius Mims outside, like Georgia is really freaking good. Now their defense. I don't know how they would fare against Alabama, and that, and I think that's where because I think you could expose Bama with that big barreling tubby, big. Big offensive line. They're th yeah. two, three dudes that are over 360. If you had the pass rushers you had the past few years, they could get after the quarterback. Yeah. I'd have a different kind. If you have Nolan Smith, if you had Jalen Carter, if you had Trayvon uh, Walker, Trayvon Wal if you had those dudes, I'd feel different. Right. They're not really a – they're not a team that is is very good at getting after the they're quarterback a this year. They're a secondary year. team now. Yes, that's what they are. Javon so like, Bullard and it, it, I just Smith. think this, is a, it, this would be a fun matchup to break down Absolutely. the week of for sure. Um, and you'd have to see what injuries happen between now and then and sort of see how guys are looking at that point. But I'm telling you, man, I almost lean Bama just because I think Bama can get after the quarterback, make Georgia and, and Carson Beck uncomfortable. And I'll say this. I don't know. I don't get the sense 
that Nick Saban's going to go into that game and allow their running game to beat him. Yeah. I just don't and think I, he'll I, let. They'll say, Carson, you're going to have to air it out, brother. You're yeah. going to have to. You're going to have to hope your wide receivers win one-on-ones against Kool-Aid, win one-on-ones against Terrion Arnold, win one-on-ones against guys in our secondary. If you can expose us that way, that's how you're going to beat us. Yeah. Because I just don't think they're going to run for 250 yards against I Alabama. I don't think that's that. I don't think mo, I don't think anybody's really capable of doing that right now against this Alabama team. Yeah. And I think Bama has the great equalizer, which is always a mobile quarterback. That changes things completely. It allows them to rattle a defense in a different way. Now, if you're scheming up, you're Georgia and you're scheming up this Alabama offense, how do you how do you go about it with the introduction of the legs from Jalen Milrow? And he has been very he's been better with the ball back half of the season. Like what do you do? Like what is your game plan? Who who are you trying to make beat you? I'm trying to make Jalen Milrow beat, beat me with his arm. Okay. You, I mean, that's where you have to go. Okay. Because we know that Bama can run the ball, and they'll lean on the running game. We know that Jalen Milrow can run the ball, specifically. And he's he, he's improved as a passer this year, yeah, no doubt, 100%. throughout the season. But it's the same, it's kind of the same thing for both teams. Both teams are more, you know, throwback, lean on the running game, lean on the offensive line, so sell out to stop the run, and it's really going to be whatever quarterback wins the game with their arm in my opinion now like you said we got a long time we'll really get we, into the weeds on it when we, we get could, there and by the way speaking of college football playoff we'll see what the rankings look like um i still can't make sense of oregon ahead of alabama Bama, no. or texas really for that matter um but regardless we could have some wild shit down the stretch oh, it's, of the this is going to be the next month well, if it was a one loss georgia one loss bama oregon wins makes washington have one loss Oh, you're talking about championship games. You know, yeah, like Texas beat Texas runs the table, wins the Big 12 championship. You're going to have a lot of one-loss teams right. in a weird, weird spot, and you're going to have to decide who gets in, who's left out. Right, and that's not even bringing up the and Ohio like, State, the, the Ohio, Ohio State, State Michigan, Michigan, yeah, and whatever well, happens here's with the unfortunate, ACC. Here, here's the unfortunate thing for the Big 10. I think this is what's going to happen. Whoever wins that game is in. Whoever yeah. wins that game is in. Whoever yeah. loses it, Go bye. On. Yeah. That's where we're at. Agreed. All right, Kenny, next topic. All right, staying in college football, we go from two really impressive teams to a couple of unfortunate situations. And that's, we had some coaches, well, coaches getting fired. Yeah. Unfortunate for the coaches. Uh, not for Jimbo. Not for Jimbo. That's, that's a very fortunate yeah. thing to get fired. Texas A&M, after I think he's been at, how long has he been at Texas A&M? I think five, five, five years. years, right? Mm-hmm. They let go of, of Jimbo Fisher, obviously. The big talk has been uh, it's what his been buyout. Seven years. Uh, they, he won the national championship 2015, 2014. No, he won it in 2013. 2013. It was the last year with the BCS thing. Okay. Anyway, so sorry, he's been you... there for. This was his sixth year. Six year. Okay. So five, five and five, ten four. games. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, in a really tough situation, he was brought into. But Will Arnett from Mississippi State was let Zach go Arnett. from. Zach Did Arnett. I say Will? Will Arnett is an actor. <laughs> Zach Arnett, excuse me, Zach. I apologize. Uh, I know he listens to the show. Um, Zach Arnett was let go from Mississippi State. What are your guys' thoughts? I know you guys really want to talk about Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. So does that mean we start with Zach Arnett? Yeah, sure. Just for the sake of it. Uh, yeah. I, tough situation, brother. I, I, I kind of feel for him in a lot of ways. Uh, he's a DC to a legendary coach who passed away. Terrible situation to be Put thrust into. into that quickly. You have to manage your roster, make sure they're getting by when their coach just passed. You're going to have a short recruiting clock. 
um, and you're recruiting different guys. I, I think his downfall really came down to not just necessarily losing games, but their style of play this year is a complete escape from what they did a year ago. And Will Rogers is nowhere to be found. They're playing Mike Wright from Vandy. They just they they completely gave up on the air raid style deal. He didn't hire anybody to do it. They're trying to run the ball, even though they're not capable of running ball with running the ball with the guys they've recruited. And like their starting running back has been hurt. Yes, for but the last they, but they've games. been they, yes, but they've been recruiting a lot of guys that are pass protection, long armed. Right. That's that's what Mike Leach always wanted, and now you're trying to force the run. Your defense is still solid. Like I'll give you credit for that, although. Maybe not, not so week. much against AM, but um that that was his downfall in my opinion, is letting that offense go and Will Rogers is just he was a net negative in that offense. Right. When he was a great quarterback for three years before yeah. that. I, I I mean I agree with all that. So I'm just go to the flip side with Jimbo. Real uh, quick before you can I yeah. ask you a question about Zach real uh-huh. quick. One of the things that one of the reports that have been coming out, even from Mississippi State media, is that Zach is not a very pleasant person to be around i can i can totally is understand that, that how much does that play into well is that a part of it you think in the, into the firing well, into the fire no not at all no because here's here's what i'll say kenny like when people okay sure they they may use that as an excuse you think there aren't top level coaches that you think nick saban should, you think around? nick saban is sunshine and rainbows every right. day if you're winning you can be a complete asshole right you, you don't have to be pleasant to be around there are days you uh, it was not pleasant to be around mike norvell there are pleasant there are days it's not pleasant to be around Ryan. Like every, they're human, like everybody else, and they have their highs and lows. Right. Um, you know, some coaches are just ornery, but that doesn't mean that if they were winning, they get fired. That he he would get fired. I think it's a mix of the fact that they're four and six, one and six in conference. They just got blasted and by he's, forty. And he's and he may not have the best uh, bedside manner. Right. That's what they'll blame it on. But I think ultimately he just he was just not he was a placeholder. Right. Didn't work out. I think it. What is it a four million dollar buyout yeah. something tiny yeah so they're like oh let's just deal. move on to our future now on the flip side jimbo <laughs> fisher which ironically enough these two teams faced off on saturday night uh speaking of mississippi state and texas a&m Real close game texas a&m blasted mississippi state uh not really surprising necessarily but speaking of buyouts jimbo fisher's buyout 76 million dollars i believe he had a 10-year 100 million dollar contract if i'm not mistaken i have the numbers right in front of me you ready for this yeah within 60 days a&m owes him 19.4 million within 120 days they owe him an additional 7.27 christian i forgot i owe you 19.2 and then from 2025 to 2031 jimbo fisher will get paid $7.27 million a year. A year. <laughs> Don't coach anymore, Jimbo. Would you coach? Would no, you hell, be done? Hell, hell no. No. I would sit on my ass. He's, he's what, in his 60s? I mean, got to be in his 60s. I don't know if he's going to hop back into coaching. I don't know if he'll be an analyst somewhere, yeah. like low level, yeah, where he go, doesn't have that much worry. Yeah, go work for one of the, but, the, one of the stations. I and mean, be for an God's sakes, to get out of the expectation game at AM where they expect so much and they don't have a trophy case to back right, it up. Right, they don't have anything to, to be To get them. out of that and get $76 million? Woo. Oh, my gosh. Jim- I bet, I, like As much as Jimbo probably won't admit it this way, that has got to be a relief. Yeah, big That's got to be big time. Like, oh, my gosh. I bet I, he slept like a damn baby. Oh, God. I hope he did. Yeah, that's a big dub. You don't want to get fired. No. But... 
for seventy six million. If I'm gonna get fired, fire my ass for sixty seventy six million. For sure. Please. Less than that. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way less than that. Way less than that. I'll fire you, you get ten million. Yep, please. But yeah, yeah. Five I mean, million. Uh yeah. You you make the point that is all all this is based off of. A and M's expectations are way higher than what they should be. A and M has never been a, a well-known football school. Yes. They've never won. They anything. were never good in the Big Twelve. They were never either. good in the Big Twelve. They had a couple of solid seasons in the SEC, but Johnny Manziel is who you right. can thank for yeah. every bit of expectation yeah. that they've created in That's the 2010s. It. That's it. That's where it all well, came and, from. And quite frankly, I do believe I buy into the fact that A and M could be a hell of a football school. Yeah, because they can could, recruit. Well, because they, bro, they pour Money. hundreds of millions into that program. Yes, they don't give a damn. They just fired a dude, and they're willing to pay a fired coach $76 million and, to and get rid even, of him. And didn't even bat an eye at those They don't numbers. care. They don't yeah. care. They'll just right. keep throwing money at it. Yeah. Now, winning is hard. I get that. But, man, I think that if you get the right, if you get the right coach who understands the job, who can go in, coach offense a little better, hell, or find a good OC, I think they could be one of the best teams in college football. And I think they could be a college football playoff caliber team. Yes, they can. Because they but, can recruit top five classes but every year. it's just Jimbo was not that guy. No. Jimbo fooled us with that 2013 national championship. Yeah. That's what it was. Ring, just, ring, 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 ring. Because he did have a quarterback. Ring, yes. ring. But what, what is that? That's uh, Lane Kiffin and Mike Norvell's phone ringing. Okay, this is Do what you I'll answer say. This, this call? This is what I'll say. Um, Mike Norvell. Let's start there. One, I think the timeline is going to be a little strange if they if Mike were to say yes because Mike wants to compete for a college football playoff this year. And he wants to be at position. Florida State right now. So if he decided he wanted to jump to A&M, I don't know if A&M and the timeline would work out because they probably want somebody on campus now to keep Evan Stewart there, right. to keep Connor Wegman there, right. to keep all these five stars. You want to keep all those guys yeah. there. You want somebody there to recruit and make sure that you can retain the roster because the, the roster is very freaking good. And they lost, very good. They lost enough of those guys, yes, those five exactly. star guys this past season. Like, if you're A&M, this is why you fire the guy now is so you can find somebody quickly right. to come keep the roster and then keep recruiting. Um so Mike Norvell, if he's competing in the college football playoff, that's going to make the timeline a little complicated, although you take Mike Norvell in a second if he says yes. Um, Dan Lanning's one I've heard. Yeah. That would be an interesting one. Um, do you want to leave Oregon to go there when Phil Knight is in your corner? Phil Knight's the reason you have the job at Oregon. You have a good relationship there. Do you leave for A&M? Because I, like, I think expectations are kind of similar. Like They're crimp. lower at Oregon. Eh, I don't know. Hey, you're right. It's close. Know, it's very it's close. similar. It's close. It's very similar. But he did raise the – he made that – Relevant. He again. made Oregon good again. Yeah, he raised that ceiling um, again. So he's got some sweat equity there. So you wonder if he would want to leave that. Uh, who was the other one you brought up? Lane. 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 Makes sense. It does. Um, I have talked to some Ole Miss folks, like, behind the scenes. They don't seem that nervous that he'd leave for it. But then again, like if you're taking the job at AM, are you okay with ex- the the expectations they have? Are you okay with it? Right. You have to you have to wrestle with that first. But guess what? They can drop baggage. They can't. You can you'll get paid seventy six million dollars on the way out. So you know, right. there's that. Uh, so it depends on what the contract offer is. But like you just have to decide: Am I cool with getting fired from here after four years if I don't get to? Uh, SEC championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just tough. It's tough to deal with. Um, the the smaller names that would be easy timeline wise and 
they would take the job, in my opinion, in a second. Mike Elko, who was the former DC there at Duke, um, got to got Duke to two back to back bowl games, which him and uh, David Cutcliffe are the only coaches to ever get that done at Duke. Yep. And you see how good they are, even without Riley Leonard for most of the year. So he's he's one. And then the other one I have heard is Jeff Trailer at UT San Antonio. Yeah. But then you have to decide, can he recruit at high enough level? Exactly. Do people are people lining up at the door to play for Jeff Trailer? Right. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Those would be the smaller names, but I think they're gonna go after every big name that you could possibly 100%. imagine. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna exhaust those all bo- options. those boosters at A and M are not gonna let you not. They make probably a think they, can, they they probably think they can get Nick Saban. That's how probably. cocky they are with yep. their money too. They're not gonna let you not make a splash hire. All right, Kenny, last point and let's get out of here. All right, topic number three: NFL news and notes. Man, it was a pretty crazy weekend in, in NFL football. Y'all y'all talk to me about it. We're gonna we're gonna go one topic here because we have gone pretty late and we got. You know, we got to get out of here at some point. But I think this is a a great spot to end it on. This is probably the biggest storyline in the NFL as of right now. Number two overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, C.J. Stroud, has (laughs) been a revelation for the Houston Texans, a program that we know has been dry uh, for quarterback talent for quite some time other than the short stint with Deshaun Watson. We all know know how that ends. And so the question becomes, can you know, can CJ Stroud be the guy? Can he bring the Texans back to relevancy? He just beat the Cincinnati Bengals after he's coming off of a game where he threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns, broke and the where, where, record. Where, where did he win that game against the Bengals? On the damn road. On the road in Cincinnati. And I, to be fair, Devin Singletary had a hell of a game, too. Right. But 150 yards. The, la- the, la- the last two games, what has he done? Yes, he, I know he played the Buccaneers two weeks ago, whatever. The the last drive, you put the ball in his hands, straight up ice water. Yes. Took him, took him down the field, threw a touchdown to Tank Dale to beat the Bucs 39 to 37. And then this past week against Cincinnati, um, took him down the threw, field. Oh, he threw a terrible interception. He was in t- a third but, and two, intended to Cam Taylor Britt, or intended to Tank Dell. Cam Taylor Britt picks it off. Cincinnati's able to score a quick touchdown, but, get the ball back in his hands. He takes you 45 yards down the field, gives you an opportunity. 55 yards, 38 yard field goal to win the right, game. To win the game. Hits Dalton he did, Schultz. The dude's a stud. Yeah, he's incredible. He's ridiculous. And like, I wonder how quick. This is what I want to know. If he continues this, how quick do they start putting him? Do we start putting him in top five category? Right. How quick do he's we start already, he, putting he's him? He's already there? in the MVP conversation. Yeah. He, weirdly enough, I do believe that, but I don't know if that's going to stick. Conversation. You could have is one bad than, week, and right. then like you know, the Texans could be by the end of this year if they're eight and nine. Do you give? But he's in the conversation. Yeah, and think, that's, that's impressive fair. as hell. Um, what else? Like with with that Texans team, I sort of look at where they're putting all the. Praise and yeah, CJ Stroud deserves a lot of it. D'Amico, D'Amico's great, and also Bobby Slowick, their yeah. OC, is going to be he should be a head coach somewhere yes. next year. There's no question about it. And I don't know how replaceable he is because he's done a like to see a rookie quarterback like CJ Stroud with, a, with, be a, this with a terrible offensive line. Well, no, 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 not terrible, yeah, not, terrible they've because been, they haven't they've had been anybody, guys, but when That's they've been saying. healthy, they've been really That's what I'm good. Saying. They've been terrible because they haven't had half of their starters I, for the majority of the season. They, they, the past few weeks, they've gotten a little more healthy. Right. So I don't want to. I don't want like to. But I'm, just, some guys I'm just saying yes. they've been impressive. First few games of the year, they were. It was terrible because really they right. had nobody. Healthy. They didn't have anybody. So just to be able to do that with a rookie quarterback, right. with an with an offensive line that's tethered together, with a receiving core that's led by what was Nico Collins, a seventh round pick. 
I don't know. Something like that. I think, no, I, think it, I don't know how. I, anyway, he may have been Nico Collins. Nico Collins, who has really not ever done anything in his career. Tank Dell, who he did was, okay last year, but this is his best year. He by didn't do far, much. He didn't do much last year. year. He was decent last yes. year as your number one going into the season. Tank Dell, Robert the Woods, rookie Robert Woods, who is pretty washed, and Dalton Schultz, who's okay. solid tight end. No. Yeah. That's not that's not yeah, much but, of a supporting cast to put around a rookie quarterback yes, with Damian but, Pierce and Devin Singletary at running back. Just not much. What he's done him. is created a great rapport with those guys. So exactly. The rapport he has with a damn five nine wide receiver, Tank Dell doing what he's doing. That's yes. not a, like that's wild. I never would have projected that watching him at Houston. And, Noah, and he was a great player. Noah Brown's had what four hundred <laughs> yards over <laughs> yeah. the last two weeks? One seventy three and one fifty six over the last. It's two ridiculous, games. man. They 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 are. A fun team to me. They're yeah. a very fun team. And the Bengals, by the way, dead last in the AFC North. Yep. And then also, we come on. I, I know you said one topic, but I'll just bring up a quick one. Josh Dobbs, man. My favorite player in the NFL. That's right all. Now. I mean, it's awesome. I, it's, it's crazy. Good Lord. I mean, just what he's doing with the Vikings. He didn't even know where the damn home locker room was this yeah. week. Did you see that? He, yeah. was, he was like, the guy was you like, guys right leading there. him down there. Him. Still 268 yards of TD. He ran for that crazy, uh, that, that just ridiculous yep. hoopty hoop. You Jump know, into the end zone. Run out. Yep. little skip into the end zone. The pastronaut, baby. Yeah. The pastronaut. He, hey, he looks a whole hell of a lot better with talent around him. Dude, think about this. What was it? What was it? What year was it when the, the Steelers had him as the third string quarterback? Or no, the fourth string quarterback. And they went with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph over 17. him. 17. 17. Come on. Wait, yeah. but what are you doing? Yeah. He's on your roster the whole time. Right. Every time he's gotten an opportunity, he's been a solid quarterback. He hasn't been bad. And he was not bad with the... Cardinals? No, they just stink. They just suck. Although they did beat, they did win this week against the Falcons with Kyler back. But Kyler's back. Right. Kyler's a better quarterback than Josh Dobbs. Right. I'm not telling any. But no, it's it, he's been he's been very very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive. But yeah, we'll close it out with that. Uh, we appreciate you guys for joining us this week. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. If you are listening. Wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, anywhere else, you can do all those things there as well. I believe you can also leave a rating. So do that. And subscribe. Uh, and subscribe. subscribe. And con- all the stuff. You know, all all, everything stuff. runs yeah. together. It's all the same. Uh, but we appreciate you guys for joining us, and we will see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.